Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 31st of October 2022. I'd like to ask a question, and that is, where did October go? Because 64 seconds ago it was September, and uh, time flies. Or tempest fugit, if you're into Latin. Um, Okay, so we have a market that is jumping all over the place. There are a number of things that are really important at the moment. The biggest one that's not on the news because we spend our time watching a very small number of people who control our politics in the UK having their own internal conflict about their party. Um, Bird flu should be on the main news every single day. If you go out on farms, the number of farmers reporting to us about the number of dead birds, wild birds out there is incredible. And the bird flu epidemic is creating an immense issue with um, poultry supply and it's going to have a direct effect on the value and cost of uh, chicken meat. Well, it's going to have a knock-on effect to all meats. And it is a major, major story. And it's not just, you know, chickens. We're talking about lots of the songbirds in our area are just not there at the moment. And in our case at Westwick, we've got some lovely red kites, which are very beautiful birds and very impressive soaring around in the sky. But there's a direct link between their uh, reintroduction and protection and the number of robins and blackbirds and all sorts of other small songbirds that have all just been basically taken out. So, you know, uh, obviously in the farming or agricultural community, we don't know much about anything and we should reintroduce wolves probably. But let's be let's be truthful. Actions have consequences. And, you know, someone having a fantastic theory about the beauty of a red kite it has had a direct effect on the robin red breast. Um, so that's my starting rant for the day. Let's go straight into grain prices. The market has been coming down in the last few weeks and it, all right, it's trying very hard not to slide any further at the moment. Without Vladimir Putin and his war, the market would be going down. It is purely the next move from that guy that's going to have the, an impact. So you can't really sell the backside out of the market because any minute now he could press a button or he could do something extra dastardly or he could close the grain corridor and... That dynamic is enough to keep traders with a square book. But if you looked at the facts, you looked at the bird flu, the lack of consumption, there's a dramatic drop-off in consumption of wheat in the UK because of the bird flu, and that's going to have a knock-on effect. You can't use the sheds again for six months, so there's going to be an ongoing issue with, with lack of consumption through that sector, which leads on to very bearish sentiment you then have on top of that a fantastic autumn where the ground conditions have been amazing the temperatures have been up all right there's a few extra aphids around which is creating an issue for having to spray it an extra time possibly but the dynamic of the crop is wow what a fortnight we've had the potential for next year is enormous 
probably the biggest issue from a doing grain trading perspective is two things. One, the rape crop that got decimated because it didn't get any rain at the right time in sort of South Norfolk, North Suffolk and North Essex. That's an issue. There's definitely crop been pulled up and wheat's been put in its place. And the other issue is the amount of wheat that's now going in into fantastic conditions. The potatoes are pretty well all up. And it's October still. There's no issues with compaction. It is just the land is in fantastic shape. The sugar beet are now coming out equally in very good shape. And with the fields in those conditions and the soil temperature where it is, there is going to be a much bigger wheat crop, which will have a direct impact upon the amount of spring barley that is planted. So those are the things that we're looking at. We can't, it's anecdotal at the moment. We can't give you figures, but it's clear there is a smaller spring barley crop and a bigger wheat crop. The politics, I've mentioned Mr Putin, there's a G20 summit, Putin's going to be the centre of attention, everyone's going to be kissing his backside and pretending they're the people that did the deal that kept the grain corridor open, everyone's interested in that. He's interested in it too, really, because he's got quite a large surplus he's got to get rid of. But, you know, there's lots of posturing, there's lots of messing around going on with inspection of boats from the Russians, because the deal is that they have to inspect the boat as well as the Turkish inspectors, and they sometimes don't turn up the Russian lot, so they're messing people around as best they can. These are all things that, in the end, that grain corridor, I do believe, will actually stay open. That's my view, and I think the market will drift off in the short term, and we're now waiting for a a bigger, nastier thing from him, or we're watching the weather, waiting for the next global warming event to push production for next year down a bit. So, prices. Old crop feed wheat futures on November are trading about 265. The spread we talked about last week went right out to the maximum of £20 a tonne. It's never been as big as that before. That was truly amazing. To me, it proved there was someone not necessarily immediately involved in the grain trade who was caught with a long position. We've tended less than we originally thought we were going to because we couldn't turn down that sort of carry on, on, on our money. We got all of our rent effectively paid and and a good interest rate return for the cash that we brought back in. But we still tended 430 lots. The total tender was something like 600, I think. I can't remember. 500 and, yeah, it's not up to 600 yet. So most people bought their position in, but there was enough of Norfolk. Union grain in up at Nerth, near Skegness, they put in some tonnage and there's some stuff coming from Essex, but not, not as much as everybody thought was going to be there, obviously because the carry went out as we discussed in the past. So X-Farm values stopped relating to the November price a while ago. So if you take X-Farm wheat for November, if anyone's got some space to move it, it's probably somewhere in the region of 262 two something like that um which is only three pound less than the futures so there's a dramatic difference in that value but if you value it against the may you'd probably make 271 or two for may movement x farm um and basically a pound a month coming back from there so it is a good carry still but not as much as it was before I do see the old crop wheat market in the short term drifting because of the reduced consumption figures I've talked about. We'll stick on old crop first of all. Old crop oilseed rape, um, that's gone up. That's had a good week, 5.30 plus. It's one of those, if you've got some to trade, then offer us. And on any given moment, the market could be anywhere 10 euros either side of where it was the day before. So it's in the region of 530, which is £10 up on the last time I reported on it. Um, and looking pretty buoyant. It's being led by soya, I'm told. Uh, New crop is around the same value for harvest movement. So moving on to feed barley, we have got a boat 
or two boats going out of uh, Ipswich in November. We can still buy barley to that if we choose to, and rough value X Farms about 243. With the wheat market drifting back, the feed barley is kind of joining in with that drop. So that's its approximate value. Leading on to new crop. Futures November have been under a bit of pressure recently. I do think there's a long time for a political bad moment to occur. Is there, you know, Vlad's going to do something a bit strange, possibly. That's a double-edged sword. It could go the other way. Let's not never forget that. If suddenly they became user-friendly in Russia and they said, right, we're, we're going to be nice now, then the market could drop 40 quid in a, in a thrice because all of a sudden freedom to just export and so on would, would have a dramatic impact and it would have an impact on the coming crop. As we look at it, the Ukrainian crop next year is definitely going to be only 50% of what it was two years ago at best. And their government are not going to be able to fund as many acres as they did the, this previous season. So there will be a lot less coming from the Ukraine for sure. And now, yet again, we're relying on the rest of the world not to have weather problems and see the market go up. So kind of as a side bet, you have to say there are odds stacked against it really cacking out. Even if the politics changed quickly, I do think the weather is, is sufficiently altered now for there to be a problem hopefully not in the UK but somewhere or another there'll be a problem with next year's production uh, and that's always going to be in the back of everybody's minds so current ex-farm value for Nov with the futures around about 260 is probably I would guess 250 pounds a ton anything less than that I don't think farmers are going to sell it I mean, theoretically, if it was following last year's form, it should be £5 less than that. But I just don't think it's a conversation that's going to get anywhere if you if you bid down. So if you want to get some cover, you're going to have to pay that sort of price for it. Yeah, so this week we're going to use um, something we recorded on our market chat uh, when we were in Valencia. We had a kind of timeout in between the two days that the bourse was on. And it kind of highlights, uh, what we wanted to do was highlight that the grain industry isn't just about farmers growing it, being the most important people on the planet, or grain traders who you know think they're the most important people on the planet as well, obviously. But basically, it's a very big and diverse industry. So if we can highlight that, in fact, everybody that has a part to play is a contributor in other words, you know, everybody, I've heard it said from farm that everybody lives off the back of farmers. And the reality is things like the Bourse is people going out there and pitching UK product to be sold abroad to increase the market share. And if you actually achieve an export tonnage, it takes tonnage away from your country, reduces the supply and pushes the price up. And if you think that every single person in that chain is having, uh, they're all effectively pulling the same rope as the farmer in trying to achieve the best returns for agriculture so it remains healthy. And just opening your mind to the fact that there is a whole host of jobs within any industry, but particularly in agriculture, the guys I actually spoke to, which, you know, is is, uh, Jamie Gilby from Amius, who talks about some of the products that traders use to hedge and, and slightly more complex and just, you know, buying and selling something. But we've also got Chantal from CME, who's after their screens and, and market information and data supplied to people's desks so they can see what their trading position is and, and what the markets are doing. To Fiona from CME as well, who puts the, the stand together for whenever they do one of Dan's on a bourse or, or whichever market um, exhibition they're displaying at. And all of these things... People are employed within the industry. It's money that goes out, but it's also, it is all of those things that help us promote 
the dynamic of UK agriculture. So it's, it's broadening your minds to realising it's not just about tractors, seed and combines. And yeah, I think you'll find it quite interesting. And it is recorded in a bar type scenario. So there's some, I believe there's a guy with some maracas or something, which is slightly irritating in the background. So, but in the context of it being in the evening in Valencia with a couple of beers, I, I hope you find it interesting. Thank you and have a great week's trading. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Thank goodness the Norfolk Dinner is back. Hosted by the Norfolk Institute of Agricultural Merchants, this year's event will be at St Andrew's Hall in the centre of Norwich on Thursday the 19th of January 2023. There'll be food, a chance to talk and meet with each other, plus you can even get your name on the wall and be famous. To book your tickets and find out about sponsorship, email ben at doinggrain.co.uk. So that's the Norfolk Dinner, 19th of January 2023, St Andrew's Hall, Norwich. Let's make the grain trade alive and thrive again. And now it's time for Farm Chat. Right, today we've been at the Bourse and you've been seeing some Instagram pictures and stuff that we've been up to. And one of the things we're trying to do is talk to lots of people who have different parts of the industry that you just don't think of when you're on a farm or in basic grain trading mode. So my first victim is Chantal. Hi, Andrew. And who do you work for, Chantal? I work for the CME Group. And CME is... Chicago Mercantile Exchange, is it not? Yes, correct. It used to be CBOT back in the day. Indeed. Which was Chicago Board of Trade, for those who don't know. Anyway, so what exactly do you do at the European Bourse? I am promoting our trading platform. Okay, a trading platform is... So basically, if you want to buy and sell futures and options contracts, yeah. you have to have some sort of visualisation of it. Okay, that's good. And our platform, it's called CME Direct. And it's called a platform because it's like a platform has to be something that people can see things on. Yes, exactly. Right. So you see your bids and offers. You <coughs> okay. see what people are bidding, what people are offering. Uh-huh. And people use it to click and trade and say hey you know i want to buy at this price i want to sell at this price the word that terrifies people who don't really get it is words like platforms i think what the hell is she talking about and now you've put it so beautifully it's something where you you can create almost like a picture that people can see and they've got all the things they need on there the prices and whether Mm -hmm. they're buying or selling it so your platform is that's what you're presenting that's what you're selling so people pay you for the right to be buying that screen or whatever that platform. Yeah, it's like it's like a little bit of software basically you download and then you get a data feed from our Globex Central Limit Order Book. This is like the heartbeat of the CME group. Yeah. This is where everybody anonymously puts in their bids and offers and then you visualize it on a platform which is a software and by visualize it mean that isn't people shutting their eyes and imagining that's no, like you actually no, physically seeing put the, it yeah, see, right. seeing the bits and I, this, I on, this on a screen no, on a computer you're pulling a like i'm bearing with this idiot but you've got to understand what we're trying to do is educate yeah, as well as say yeah, yeah, absolutely. so no you've put it beautifully so now when someone says right okay i want to be part of that they then agree to pay you so much per month or per day or whatever to enable themselves to use that platform there are many platforms out there Mm -hmm. who connect to the same source Mm -hmm. like the cme group globex Mm -hmm. central limit order book and we have our own so this is not the only one there's many other platforms who do exactly the same but yes you pay a price for the software and then you know you need to get an account a clearing account with 
a, a broker. Yeah, that's a yeah. bit where and then, guys and then have a futures exchange. Farmers aren't going to do that normally. No. So it's, it's bigger companies have a clearing account as someone who actually physically, when you put a trade through, they're the people who manage it or who do whatever you have to do for the regulations to have an open trading futures account. They make sure that you pay the margin calls. They keep you in line. And there's, there can't be everybody with an account. It's better to have it kind of filtered through those guys. Is that a simple way of putting it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so is it worth standing on your feet all day long in a European bourse? Well, it's important <laughs> that when people walk past or when people are away from their desk, it's mm-hmm. important that they keep track of where the market is. Yeah, but you, right? for you personally, you know, there you are. Oh, for me personally, well... Well, it was a bit tiring today, wasn't it? I mean, I was on my feet. Yeah, it, it was. It, it's hard work, but you know, if people want to know how the easy, quickest, cheapest way to yeah. trade our markets, absolutely. Now, um, or question. to view them at least. I've got another question. How do you feel about people putting down their coffee cups on your stand? When oh, they, they... I really don't like it because there's my keyboard there, there's my mouse there. Yeah, and they come in and they just like, not, yeah. not come and buy anything off you. They think, oh, I'm fed up with this coffee cup. I can't be asked to walk to that bin over there. I think I'll put it next to this mouse. And not just that, also their hot dog leftovers. Yeah, you know? well, the people that kept having hot dogs because, who didn't do any trade. Because at the CME group, we always have hot dogs yeah, that very we, nice they are we too. serve for free to the people who walk past and then yeah. they leave their plates Bits there. And just hull them down and go, that's all right. Who that? See me? Don't know who they are. Don't care. <laughs> Actually, while I'm here, Webby, how many... Uh, what's he done there? Okay, well. uh, I think that's that pepper repeating on Ian again. Yeah, yeah, I was about to ask Ian a question about how many hot dogs he ate today. They weren't hot dogs. They were uh, Frankfurters, weren't they? What were their hot dog? Oh, God's sake. They're good. Amazing. I enjoyed them. Nice mustard. Sort of like crispy bacon. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. Really good. He's now, now fantasising. Yeah, right, yeah, thanks, Chantal. It's good. My pleasure. We're going to get some more victims along the way. We're out, and so there's background noise on the, on the podcast, but yeah. we're trying to prove that, in fact, we came here and spent all this money. We're talking internationally because Chantal's from Belgium, so she's international. Yes, I am. There you go. So there's our first international. And, uh, yeah, so on to the next. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Right, so who are you? Hello, I'm Jamie Gilby from Amias. Amias. And, and right, we had your colleague on our podcast about, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, Pete, who's sitting next to you. So can you just explain to the farming world what exactly Amias does in the agricultural sector? OK, Amias do OTC commodity products, not just on wheat and corn and grains. We also do soft commodities. So we basically help farmers, producers, manufacturers, anyone to do with a trade, get better pricing on futures, rather than using futures, just futures and options. Okay, we so have structures that will give you better pricing. So just, I mean, because what we're, what we're trying to do is educate, and so OTC is over the counter, yep. and that means instead of going through the futures exchange, you can go up to your company and say, right, I'd, what I'd like to do is buy 50,000 tonnes of wheat, but I don't really want to tie all my money up. What product have you got? Yeah, our most common product is probably the accumulator. You'll buy below the market. If you're buying, for example, you'll get a, a discount on the basis price. This is where <laughs> I'm going to stop, stop you because, bluntly, I've, I understand accumulators ever since 
God was a boy or someone came up with them, and I really can't. So the crux of it is that this podcast goes out to farmers and tries to show them that they're not the centre of the universe. There's lots and lots of people who do lots of things within it. They're not sucking blood from the farmer. What they're trying to do is add value. We had Chantelle on earlier saying that she has a platform which raises the profile of the grain for people to see, more people trading it. What you do is you've got the futures market and you've got the physical market, but you provide a market which people can trade through on top of that. There's more liquidity because of It's a way to insurance or risk structured product, as it were, where you can leverage, if you've got a crop, you could leverage that crop and get better pricing. Yeah, and you introduce more people playing more liquidity into the yeah, market totally, by existing totally. so ultimately that's you know so here we are a little norfolk podcast with a man with caracas who's driving me nuts yeah. over there uh, <clears throat> where are you going to hit him we basically we, we can take if you've got a, a field of grain we can take the optionality out of that yeah and hopefully increase profits for whoever's involved well let's on, on that basis is that, you know, is that okay? that's, that's superb thank you very much <laughs> thank you so, on our Valencia tour, I've now found another lucky punter. So, Fiona, tell us who you are and what you do. So, my name's Fiona. I work for the CME Group, and I don't know if you've already interviewed my colleague, Chantal, but we're part of the Commodity Exchange, and my job at the, t- the company is anything to do with product and marketing and the brand and how we come across. So, we are here in Valencia. Yeah. And because we're bringing together a big group of people showcasing their products... This is lots of people from within your own group or you... Well, we're at the European Commodity Exchange, so it's multiple suppliers, and we build a stand. Yeah, you, you have a stand. You, it cost, we aren't going to say how much it costs to have a stand, but it, it costs the earth to have a stand, and you have people come onto the stand with you, and you have yep. to accommodate all of their needs, yep. and you strategically... Yep, so we that. have a central meeting place within the conference, so everyone can come and congregate and showcase their products and display their screens and everything there. So my job is to make sure that everybody's fairly represented on that stand, and that people can come and enjoy. I help build the stand, design the stand. When you say provide... so screwdriver in hand? I was last night. <laughs> <laughs> and it, did, did everything arrive that it should have done, or was nope, there some bits left nope, in customs somewhere? No, Brexit. We did not get any of our giveaways and leaflets, but we'll have very good salespeople that will follow up with everyone. <laughs> so the other benefits of Brexit being queuing at customs and, you know, the passport bit ever. So many stamps in the passport now. Yeah, but it's, it's I mean, I mean, we're not allowed to say negative things about Brexit because all those guys believe they're absolutely right and it's been perfect. But anyone who travels, it's oh. an ongoing misery every time. Isn't we're it? like the divorcees. We are. Yeah, <laughs> we're treated yeah. like and they, the ones and they that kept no one all the money. Yeah, no. So aside from that, back in London, what other things fills your time? What other? So as the marketing and events team we can do anything that involves customers so that can be a wine reception it could be a educational forum during lockdown we couldn't see people face to face so to connect with clients we did loads of webinars yeah much like your podcasts where we're just educating on our products and we use our economists to talk about what they think is going on with the world so some of that's really interesting and actually recordings are all on the website for people to come back and there's a big education piece on the website so it's really actually for your farmers there's some great material on there CME education no good you know absolutely CME is one of the greatest if not the greatest educator if you've got got a whole website I think it's called Futures Fundamentals yeah I don't know if you've been there it's fantastic anyone who starts trading needs to look at that because it gives a very detailed 
history and a, and a reason why that, that market exists. And it explains it? how what we're doing is helping it go from the farm to the end product and all the little bits along the way, and that's what we're involved Yeah, and in. increasing liquidity, increasing the number of buyers. The more people prepared to want to buy something makes the price better. That's, my, that's our thing. We're trying to say, look, I might be spelling out to people who understand this already the obvious, but there's some people just coming into this industry who need to get a grasp of how many people are involved in the process of just simple little trading yeah. plans. And you, you've got something that you're trying to sell mm. and someone at the end is, wants to buy it. So yeah. that's involved in that whole process. Yeah, what we need is two people trying to buy it. Well, that would help. <laughs> and then we might sell to one of them if they pay enough money, you know. Yeah. Fiona, thank you very much. You're that very is welcome. very kind of you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.